0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Montreal, Canada with my new friend Craig Thorne of baospodcast.com. Craig moved here with his girlfriend in 2012 to learn French at McGill University. They loved how beautiful yet affordable it was and stayed to enjoy the great food and incredible summers. In this episode, Craig and I talk about hiking Mont attending the Oceago Festival, and exploring the Old Port District. We hear about these three amazing experiences plus a bunch more. If you know someone that wants to visit Canada, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Craig's Tips will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Montreal. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine, and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks for a special offer and select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey, Craig, welcome to the show hello lee thank you for having me man appreciate it absolutely so today we're talking about montreal canada i drove through there once on the way to mont tremblant but i didn't get a chance to to stop and enjoy the city so it's great to have you on the show so that way i know what to do the next time i go into town
1: oh yes tremblant is beautiful as well but yeah montreal is definitely a must-stop if you're in the area so yes pleasure to be here and excited to talk about montreal man it's one of my favorite places on earth right on so what's your connection to the city I moved there with my girlfriend in 2012, and I just moved out, so I, I was there for 10 years. It was, to be honest, the, the play was an immigration play. We uh, moved from Toronto to Montreal to keep me in the country, and we decided to learn French at McGill, which is the Harvard of Canada. So it was a pretty cool experience. And we just stayed. Yeah. <laughs> we just stuck around. It it, it kind of like sucks you in. It's one of those places this everything is beautiful, every, all everything's amazing, and you just don't want to leave. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. And uh, I'm sure, you know, the listeners, you know, I, I know like the the French is like a kind of a r- romantic and like, you know, sexy language and everything like that. So at some point you have to throw in a few
1: French words for us to uh, to, uh, <laughs> to to make things so awesome for our, for our listeners. You don't have a choice sometimes because everything's named French. So I say it horrendously. I, I kind of forgot the French, to be honest, because you just they hear my accent and it's so bad that they just switch <laughs> to English. So I didn't get the practice I was hoping for, but, I, you know. I got the basics down. So, you know, we'll, we'll throw in some French, no problem.
0: Right. And so uh, kind of along those lines, like I don't speak French, my wife speaks a little bit, you know, she learned in high school when people are coming to visit, is it kind of a requirement to like speak a little French to be able to understand and be able to read the directions and everything?
1: It would be very, very helpful. If you don't, you can get around and you can kind of assume what things mean. I found that like, even with my, we did six months full-time of French, which I was told equates to maybe like four or five years of like the more, you know, casual, cause it was full-time that got us up to a standard where like it made it a lot easier to just to, to navigate. But I don't think it's completely necessary as long as you sort of like can generally like rudimentary days of the week would be probably helpful to understand the parking signs because they're quite complicated. So they've got the days of the week abbreviated on them. Or yeah, any sort of like directional signs and stuff, you know, north, south, east, west, um, and and just kind of like basics. Really, though, the secret to Montreal is what they call Bonjour High. So if someone greets you with Bonjour High, that means they're welcoming a bilingual encounter, which the unfortunately they have a language police there. And the government are trying to shut that down. They're not too fond of the fact that they're welcoming the English, unfortunately. But to be honest, if you go anywhere downtown or the old port, the more touristy destinations, um, and there's a few other neighborhoods that are a little bit more predominantly English, you have no problem. But it would be a little more helpful And if you did have some French. And the the other biggest tip is just bonjour everybody. If you're having an interaction, bonjour them, and then just move on into english i tend to profusely apologize like i'm so sorry i don't speak french but and then they hear the accent and i get away with it if you're canadian or american might be a little they might not be as kind but um those are the typical secrets but i wouldn't avoid montreal if you didn't speak any french i don't think it's that serious
0: well for sure i think well first off starting the conversation with apologizing is probably like the most canadian thing you can do <laughs> I, I picked and, that up <laughs> and second, I think I mean a lot of times we don't think of Canada as like you know foreign language and everything like that, but obviously the French is very very popular there. but any country you go to, whether it's Canada or you know Asia or you know Europe or whatever, just learning a few of the of the local words goes a long way. Just showing that you are interested in the language and interested in their culture, I think
1: most people are just very appreciative of that. I could not agree more and particularly in Quebec they're they're very very proud of their culture and if you show any sort of sign of respect with that that you've like hey I'm here it's actually technically not a bilingual province it's a French only province the only the fun fact the only bilingual province in Canada is New Brunswick everywhere else is English and Quebec is specifically French only so legally technically they don't even have to speak to you in English so obviously people are very kind here and very kind in quebec so they want to talk to you but if you just show that little bit of respect and it's as you said it's the same thing as anywhere it goes a long way and i found that really made a difference between if i bring friends from say toronto would come and visit us a lot and they got really nervous and they wouldn't even try at all and they had much poorer experiences there compared to us who really approached it with that really like hey man i'm in montreal this is what you guys do let me let me rock with what you guys do and i found that made a big, big difference. So I definitely agree with you. That makes a lot of sense. So if people are planning a trip to come to Montreal, like I
0: said, I I was there, you know, in like January of 2020, like right before everything went kind of went crazy. Obviously, you know, you're going there for like skiing and and everything else, but what time of year would you recommend people visiting, whether based on the weather or just like different events or any other like attractions that happen throughout the year?
1: That's a really good question. And the, the, maybe it almost seems maybe cliche, but you can visit year round and there's always something really really fun going on montreal and Quebecers have this dedication to just doing stuff all the time no matter the weather it could be minus 40 celsius and there's a festival like they have <laughs> ice festivals and stuff there they're wild so in the winter if you're into the winter sports there's or, or any winter activities sorry even not just sports i mean obviously there's like in more uh, the Montreal, the actual mountain there's a you, know, you can go cross-country skiing on there there's ice rinks everywhere there's a the, uh, music festival called igloo fest which is super fun they have really big djs and stuff come out and play that you know and it's all outside with ice sculptures and all this crazy stuff if you go into the spring spring is maple season so they have these things called cabana souk which is uh sugar shack and that is uh they usually outside just outside of montreal they do have some in the city but they're really focused on like i think they have like eight to ten courses and they're all dishes that are typically made with either pork or maple So like, you know, pork and maple poutine or candied maple bacon and full dishes. It's incredible. Very rich food, but it's glorious. Uh, Moving into the summer, I think the summer is the best time. The summer is what sells you. That's why we, we went in the summer in Montreal pulled us in it's the most beautiful place in the world it's a very green space for a city constant festivals constant they're shutting streets down all the time uh they have a a big music festival in august called oceaga which is great on the island just next to the island where they have the formula one grand prix which is also in june that's a really big time it's it's just a lot of festivals and just things happening always And the close it's a nightmare to drive the best to be a pedestrian not so fun to drive (laughs) and then if you want to look into the fall as you would have seen uh, in Tremblon, like love, we go up to Tremblon a bunch, and in fall, the the foliage, the leaves changing, it is just impeccable. It, that's probably the best place for it. Even Montreal itself, the actual mountain, in the city, seeing all the leaves change, it's it's just beautiful. So honestly, it just really depends what you're into. There is no bad time to go to Montreal. That's awesome. So okay, so let's take a step back. Obviously, coming here from Nashville, I know there's a direct flight that, that gets me up there to
0: Montreal. Is that the best way to get there, just to, f- to fly directly into the, the airport
1: there? That'd be the, the quickest by far. And it's probably 20 minutes in, by car in an Uber downtown from there. The airport's actually quite close. Okay. And then from,
0: from the airport to there, do you recommend just like, I think you said that not renting a car is probably the
1: best idea based on like traffic and everything? Yeah, you don't, you don't really need a car. I would say you don't need it. If you are a car type person and want to do other things sort of, so there's a bunch of things surrounding Montreal. Like it's an actual, it's an island, so you can go every direction and there's something going on. You know, uh, shortly to the east, I think within an hour or two, there's it's called the Laurentians, Laurentide, I think in French. So it's like the, the mountain ranges, there's a whole bunch of beautiful mountains and um and, and cute towns and, and great breweries and things like that. To the north obviously there's Tromblant, South goes towards Vermont, and there's a whole it's just beautiful out there as well. So if you sort of want to do Montreal and surrounds I'd probably suggest a car, but you absolutely don't need one the The Uber situation is fantastic. The public transport is really good. It's very on time. It's affordable. It's safe. It's clean. And everything is very walkable, particularly if you pick a neighborhood and kind of like, all right, today we're doing this neighborhood. Then you just walking is where you're going to really soak up the vibes. I, I would very much recommend walking. We did that a lot. That makes a lot of sense. Like probably the, the ideal
0: way to do it. Uh, Cause like it doesn't make sense to pay for a car and let it just sit there is Show up at the airport, get a ride to like wherever you're staying, do all the walking things there in the in the main area, and then for those days that you want to go out there and explore Tremblant and the Laurentians and everything else, rent a car on those days.
1: One hundred percent. I think that would be the most efficient way to do it, and then you don't have to deal with uh, with cars, particularly if you're there in the summer and all the roads are closed, and when you know that just reduces street parking, and then you got it, it was, it's a little bit of a handful to deal with. So you would probably be, have a, a more fun and less annoying trip if you just got a car as need be. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, as far as um, neighborhoods to stay in, do you have any recommendations for that or is it primarily based on like what you plan on doing while you're visiting? That's a really good question. I do have some recommendations for sure. Most people typically stay in what's called the Old Port, so viewport of Montreal, which is, it looks like it really feels like you're walking in Europe. Cobblestone streets, it's right by the St. Lawrence River and it's just incredible that they got all these sort of like Like you can tell it wasn't city planned super well because the city, I think, had its 350th birthday recently, like in the last few years. So it's older than Canada because Canada is like 150 years old, I think. So Montreal is like 200 years older than Canada. It was like the first main place that people came from you know, colonization times. So what they created down there is just gorgeous. It really, really does feel like Europe. So most people stay there. Now, it is a lot pricier and it's a lot more touristy. I like going there for certain things, but I don't like to be there for too long. It gets a little much. Downtown I think is probably the least desirable neighborhood. It's fine, but it's no different to sort of any other downtown. It's it's quite close to the old port. And a lot of people do stay there, I guess, for convenience. It's a nice central place perhaps. But it maybe is isn't going to be the most exciting neighborhood to stay in. Uh, we used to live in an area called Myland, which is just north of downtown. And it's literally ne- like our apartment was literally next to the mountain, uh, to Montreal, which I'm calling it a mountain. It's probably a hill, but they call it a mountain. <laughs> and it's a, that neighborhood is kind of like there's two neighborhoods next to each other. There's Myland and there's the Plateau de Montreal. So Myland is like the English hipster area and plateau is like the French hipster area. meaning that it's a little just more Anglophone-centric in Myland. Um whereas in the plateau, the deeper you go east, it's uh it becomes a little more French. And without French, you sort of when we we lived out in the plateau first before moving to Myland and like some people wouldn't talk to you at all in English out there. Whereas Myland, some people don't even bonjour you. They just go straight to English. It's kind of funny. So those areas though, my personal favorites because they've got all the things that what we realized when we lived in this area was a there's a big park called uh, Parc La Fontaine, like the fountain, and it's this beautiful park that we found from our travels, and we lived around there, and we realized that like we just lived in the city for a year, and we're like, okay, where do we go the most? Let's just move there. So we ended up in Milan because we really love brunch, cafes, craft breweries, restaurants, and that was all really situated within Milan and kind of like the plateau right next to that. So those two neighborhoods, I think, would probably be the most fun to stay in the only extra one i would probably add is griffintown uh, or atwater which is sort of a little southwest of downtown a little bit newer area a little more gentrified i'm noticing a lot more people with money coming in there new condos um but there's a bunch of cool you know the famous restaurant joe beef is based out there uh, there's you know anthony bourdain went there on, on his show that area is super cool and it's really coming up and I, I found myself spending a bunch more time out there before we left as well so i think there's a whole bunch of choices all depending on what you want to do any recommendations as far as like specific hotels or is it more just
0: you're getting an Airbnb and just kind of living off of like you know somebody's condo or house?
1: Yeah, I think the Airbnb is a is a great way to go. I hadn't really stayed in hotels much. Every time I visited before we moved there, we just stayed in Airbnbs. And that was great because the Airbnb's put you in the heart of the neighborhood. Like if you're in my land, there isn't really any hotels there, same as the Plateau. There might be some little indie ones or B&B style ones, but I think you have a better experience in these neighborhoods by being, becoming a local in the neighborhood and staying in the Airbnb. And the, the architecture is beautiful out there. Like we would just go for, we just grab a coffee in the summer and just go for a walk, just kind like of crisscross through the streets. The, it's beautiful. The way that the the houses are like, they've got these gorgeous like staircases that like, turn and apparently my friend who was an architect was like fun fact all of those staircases were like you'll never see them again it's illegal to build them like that so anyone who builds a house cannot have a staircase like that they're only like the ones that were there 100 years ago so they've just got these really cool old victorian style homes that are just beautiful and a lot of people rent those out like even when friends came to visit we would always go to their airbnbs because we were super nosy and curious about what they look like <laughs> I just think you have a better experience in Montreal if you're doing that, but otherwise in Old Port, there's hotels. Unfortunately, I don't know a lot about those. I feel like you probably couldn't go wrong, but you would definitely spend. It would definitely be more budget friendly on the Airbnb side of things. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now,
0: I love visiting Europe. I love like the old architecture and the style and everything like that. And it's really cool like being able to kind of walk around that Old Port area to kind of get that European feeling without you flying across the ocean, right? But what are what are some of the other things we should do when we're visiting Montreal?
1: Once again, it really comes down to what you want to do. So there's this area that's pretty cool. Um, the Olympic Stadium from the 60. What year would it have been? It was like 68, I think it was. 68, must mean 68, because they had Expo, the What Expo as well, which was on the island, I believe. Um, it's called Il Jean Drapeau which is where Oceaga, the music festival I mentioned before, and they always have a lot of events out there. So there's a few things remaining from that uh, expo, but there's this whole area that they're kind of really building out next to the Olympic stadium, which is cool. Cause it looks like a spaceship and we be used to best see it from our window, like from our apartment, it was beautiful. And that whole area now they've built like a planetarium, this thing called the biodome, which is great for families and kids botanical gardens and a whole bunch of like they do a lot of sporting events there so say they do one off uh blue toronto blue jays the baseball team like they will come and do like exhibition games or they would do the three game series or whatever actually as a part of the season in montreal just for the fans and i think that area would be a really fun one to check out and you can go up to the top of the olympic stadium and, and get a view of the city from there which is cool because you can look at the mountain and and the river and it's just such a beautiful place on the flip side, on the mountain, Montreal itself is incredible for hiking. You can walk up and down the mountain. We always used to take people up there. Uh, they have a beautiful lookout, which looks directly, and you're sort of like right behind the city because the mountain sits right uh, next to McGill, the university, which kind of looks like Hogwarts. It looks like Harry Potter type of uh, architecture. It's incredible. And then you're looking right downtown in the river and you just sort of, it, it's just a really chill place for the lookout and just like a nice sort of day to just wander around and sort of soak it up. Montreal also has a big thing with parks. Like it's legal to drink in parks as long as you have some food. So there's a big culture of um, just park drinking. So like people just do that. People will come from Toronto to visit us. That's where we're originally uh, sort of from. And they we, most of the time we just meet them in a park. We get a blanket and a bunch of food and some drinks and, and just hang out in the park. And it's just wicked. People are just playing sports and family friendly. It's, it's, it's super nice. That's one of my favorite things aside from obviously all the other things that are, you know the eating the the culinary stuff which i'm a big fan of personally but i would say those are some of the funnest things to do unless you came for an event like grand prix and then of course aside from the grand prix itself they'll have a bunch of things happening downtown closed streets and you know different things so typically people will go to montreal for a weekend and would just visit a lot yeah, particularly in the winter you'd be going to rest kind of restaurant bar hopping food sort of bit to bit because it's a little you know Little cold. If it's minus thirty, minus forty out, you know, you, you physically can't be outside. Oh, sure. For too long. So it sort of depends on the time of year, but it never ends. There's so much stuff to do. We didn't even scratch the surface. I think in ten years.
0: Obviously, we're going to work up an appetite if we're doing like hiking and some of the other fun things there. What are some of the places we need to, to visit if we're going to go uh, grab some good food in, in Montreal?
1: Oh, for sure. So this is uh, probably one of my favorite parts of Montreal. I think the culinary side of it is. um bonkers it's it's just incredible some of the food particularly now i'm back in ontario like looking at the montreal food scene and particularly thinking about it more from uh perspective of this podcast it's just it's crazy there's so many great things so one of my favorite things is um brunch so there's a place called arthur's nosh bar which does sort of like jewish style breakfast in the sort of at water saint Henri area uh one of my favorite places there there's another place nearby there called September Surf and it's a cafe primarily. But they recently, after we left, of course, uh started serving solid brunch, which I love. And they also have beer and wine as well. Um, they're open sort of like a they become a bar. Love that place. Right near that as well, there's another place called Bali, which is sort of like it was positioned as a cereal bar. Like they would have like 20, 30, 40 different cereals. And you could you could have that, but then they seem to have sort of expanded into like these really cool Middle Eastern dishes with labner and smoked salmon and stuff and it was we went there a lot for that loved it and they actually had this um lucky charms latte that britney spears posted on instagram <laughs> so they kind of got a, a bit of love from that which is very very cool if you are a vegan there's a restaurant called love lov and they have i think two locations now so they had like full we Order. we hadn't been there for dinner we used to order the dinner there but we'd been there for brunch a bunch of times and one of them's in the old port and i forget where the other one is but fantastic vegan food really really love that place particularly for brunch and uh this other place called faberge that's in my land that was like our go-to um there'd be a line out the front of that every single time they had the best chicken and waffles i think i may have ever had phenomenal stuff And another place called Regine Cafe, which also had a massive line, Um, they were really big on their pastries. So they were super cool for as far as brunch.
0: Those sound like amazing breakfast places. Now I know that people think of Canada, it's like maple syrup and poutine are like the the national (laughs) foods that people think of. It's
1: true. Do you have any recommendations for poutine? Absolutely. So the famous one is called Resto La Banquise on uh, Rochelle there in the Plateau. That one's open 24 hours. There's always a line. It's fantastic. The plates are massive, so you just need to get a small if it's for yourself or sharing, I guess you can get a bigger one. My actual favorite is the other one called Poutineville. And it's a, it's, I guess it's a chain at this point, but they have this thing called smashed potatoes. I think it's called patate écrasées or something in French. And they basically get the little potatoes, they squish them and then fry them. So they're these real crunchy, squished potatoes. And then you can like order, instead of like La Banquise typically has like, they're already pre-done, you know, like this is the ingredients in these different ones. You can do bit by bit. You can customize your own poutines. But so that was my favorite uh, poutine place. Oh, that sounds very amazing. Oh, it's incredible. And the other famous one is called, I, I definitely have to mention these guys. They're called Schwartz's Smoked Meat. Another one that there's always, always, always a line. That's probably the most famous one. I think Celine Dion's family owns, like, they bought it off the original owners. But Montreal is very known for smoked meat. And um, that one is, is definitely the one to go to.
0: Now obviously, you know, with it being primarily French and it's kind of like a you know, international city as far as that goes as far as the cultures, any other recommendations
1: as far as other types of food? Yes, my two favorite Asian restaurants of all time are in Montreal. so for ramen and I've been searching everywhere, I haven't been to Japan, but everywhere I've had ramen doesn't even come close to this place. It's called Yokoto Yokobai Ramen. It's just impeccable, and when they put themselves on Uber Eats in the last few years, it was the greatest thing of all time. So that is uh, definitely a must-do. The other one is called Faux Rochelle, and, oh, pho, if I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly. And I'm not very well-versed on pho as compared to ramen, and I feel like I'm more into that, but still haven't found it anywhere like uh, like that at all as far as uh, pho is concerned. The famous restaurants, like I mentioned earlier, Joe Beef – I don't even know how I'd describe it. It's like the one of those chef-driven restaurants where like, it's, it's always changing. It's just kind of what they want to do. And they also own a bunch of restaurants. Another, like next door, there's one called Liverpool House. So if you can't, like Joe Beef, you need to book that like a month in advance type of thing. Liverpool House, I think, is the same thing. And the other one is called Vin Papillon, if I'm not mistaken. And Vin Mon Lapin. So there's like four, I think, that they own. If you're going to go to Montreal and you really want to have an experience and throw a few hundred bucks down, that would be the the one to go. So we usually went to a place like that for like anniversaries and, you know, special things. Yeah,
0: it sounds like it's such an amazing place. And I, I feel bad now that I just kind of drove through Montreal, you know, and ignored them <laughs> on, on the way to Tremblant, but, you know, I can always go back. But Craig, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips. I learned so much about Montreal and I, I definitely needed to book a trip. Uh, but now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Montreal, where should
1: they go and what should they eat? It would be probably a tie. Thai- well, if you only got time one meal, you probably should go to Poutineville and get a poutine. Really, like you have to have poutine. It's so tough because you also need to try the sh- uh, the short smoked meat. But I think the poutine kind of edges it out. I think you should definitely do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because obviously, if you're thinking of like barbecue and, and meats and stuff like that, like Canada is probably like that. Not your like your your number one list of places to go. But uh, you know yeah. they have great chefs everywhere, right? Correct. It's never ending. So, you, like you said, you lived in Montreal for around a decade, and so I'm sure you have like so many amazing experiences.
1: What's one of your most memorable? The most memorable was our first trip. So, my girlfriend and I, we've been together almost 12 years. So, we'd just gotten together maybe a couple months before, and we decided to take a trip out to Montreal. So, we took the Greyhound bus from Toronto. We were super, you know, young and uh didn't have a lot of money so we're just trying to be thrifty and it was one of those trips where it was like a perfect i think it was in june or something it was like a perfect uh, summer weekend every time we were just wandering around we'd stumble into a new street that was closed and then there was a, a street festival, like, whoa, wow, this is crazy. And then you go and buy a mango and a stick. And then you go to this outdoor patio they just had and had a local beer and just wander around. And then I don't know which restaurant do you want to go to. Yeah, cool, let's go there. And then you just keep wondering. And that happened for like three days in a row. And that specific trip is what made us move there. When it came to like, oh, I don't know if I can stay in Canada. I'm from Australia. I don't know if I mentioned. How can I stay? That specific trip inspired us to Actually, moved to Montreal when we knew nobody there. We didn't know the language. It was just magical, is probably the the word I would describe it as. And uh, I kind of felt that way the whole time that we lived there. Like whenever we were just wandering around those streets in summer, I'm like, man, this place is very, very special.
0: That's so amazing. It's kind of like the first time my wife and I came here to Nashville, and we were driving down Broadway, and just like you, just feel like the the energy and like the the life. You know, you're like, oh, man. And then we looked at each other like, man, we should have moved here before we had kids. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Get to smoke it up a bit more. Well, speaking of good times and and happy memories, uh, where's the happiest happy
1: hour in Montreal? So probably my favorite patio is – I guess I didn't touch on this even at all, but I have a craft beer podcast. So craft beer is very big for me. And Montreal is one of the best cities in the country for beer. So there's a, a brewery called Pub Brewski in the Old Port. And typically, Old Port isn't where you would find impeccable beer. But they have a spectacular, massive patio right on the street that looks – you can't particularly see it, but you're pretty close to the river. We were there actually just before we moved in July during – I think it was – must have been Canada Day or something. And there was like fireworks. So we're just drinking on this patio, and then the fireworks were going off because all the fireworks are – down in the old port oh they have an international fireworks festival that's why so i think pub Bruski's patio they'd actually have two but the one on the De La commune side is huge and they have amazing food beer for everyone's tastes and you can just people watch and just soak up the vibes you know you're watching the horse and carriages roll past and it's it's impeccable i think that one would be the funnest
0: yeah that sounds like
1: such a good time
0: now whenever i travel i always check out the local pizza Where would I to go for the best pizza in
1: montreal Yes. So I don't know if this is uh, controversial for anyone from Montreal, but there's a place called Pizza Tony, T-O-N-I, that do like a, a like a New York style pizza. And uh, that's on Saint-Veater in Milan. And we used to rock that a lot. They have uh, all sorts of different stuff, but just their straight up and down pepperoni is money. It's glorious. It's huge too.
0: <laughs> well, obviously uh, being from Australia and you know living in Canada for a while and, and visiting all the different cities – You've probably come up
1: with some pretty cool travel tips. Uh, What's one of your best? So what I like to do, I know what I like. The things that I like typically uh, if I'm going to be as restaurants and everything aside is third wave coffee and craft beer. So before I go, I get the map like we just booked to stay for a month in Miami last night. So now I'm looking where the Airbnb is. I have the address and I'm looking in the general area and I've been searching for breweries and cafes. So that's what I typically do and then try and map it out. And find where everything is before going. So you're like, okay, well, all these things are in this area. How about I spend a day out there and do all of that? And then this other weird thing that we do, there's these strange subculture of these people that do walking trips. They just film themselves walking on YouTube. And it's pretty, literally, just walking. You don't see the faces. They don't talk. They're just walking. Sometimes they talk. But they're just walking through the neighborhoods and they just sort of film everything. So, like, we weren't sure if this neighborhood was safe that we were looking at. So, then we watched a couple of walking tour videos and watched them walk around. We're like, okay, this is what it looks like. And you get a real vibe for the neighborhood. So, aside from like Google Street View, which was, it's fine too, but the walking tour videos on YouTube, we find pretty helpful to just checking out the actual neighborhood before you book there. And, and to be fair with Montreal, I, I don't think there's a safer place I've ever been in the world. I've never even felt mildly nervous for, for a moment. It's incredibly safe.
0: Oh, that's really cool. I got It's amazing where some of these people create this like this content where you kind of scratch your head like, huh, why would people want that? <laughs> but then uh, it, yeah. c- it becomes very valuable in, in those situations like that. That's really cool. Yeah, it's been great. Now, Craig, obviously, you mentioned a lot of different breweries and and different good, good places like that The good beers. I know you have a podcast about that, but I also know you do some social media stuff as well. So can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do?
1: Yes. So uh, I do a bunch of different things. So the two main things, I guess, we have uh, the Craft Beer Podcast called BAOS Podcast is a, a thing that's been eight years now. Uh, One of the first in Canada. So we sort of very established. uh, We interview craft breweries and like essentially tell the stories of the people behind the beer. We used to do it traveling only. And then after the last few years that had to end. So now we do it all virtually, but we do visit breweries and make other content on YouTube. So... That is a a definite passion for me. Uh, That is at BAOS Podcast everywhere. uh, BAOSpodcast.com and it's just BAOS Podcast on any, you know, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. The other thing we do, we have a social media agency called High Season Co. And whilst that isn't interesting to everybody, we do have a YouTube channel and obviously on all of our socials at High Season Co. We share social media tips, YouTube tips, entrepreneur tips, things like that to really just help businesses grow in that space and uh you know that's been going really well for us and you know doing all the the youtube specifically is our primary place and that's driven a lot of business and a lot of other interest in the actual company itself but yeah we're sharing a lot of tips that you know if you just want to learn about social media i feel like if you're not on at this point you know you, you are missing out and there is a lot to learn it's, it's quite complex and, and quite deep so there's a bunch of tips there so yeah highseasonco.com and at highseasonco everywhere we well, definitely will we'll include links to all those in the, in the show notes.
0: If somebody has questions about Montreal or about either business, what's the best way to reach you on social media? Just use those uh hashtags.
1: You can use those uh handles. You can get me personally uh Instagram or Twitter at c w e f o r as well. Shoot me a message, tweet, DM, either or I'm more than happy to answer about Montreal. I actually realize I have a full note. That so many people ask us for tips. Um, my girlfriend, and I have like a shared note in our phone that uh We just put everything down with links and everything. So we just copy that and go, hey, you want to go to Montreal? Here's 8 million things. So there's just so many things to do there. I'm very, even though I only like six months ago moved away, I am very passionate about the city and be more than happy to answer any questions and point people in the right direction. Awesome. We really appreciate that. And again, we'll we'll include links to everything in the show notes.
0: Craig, I appreciate your time and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Absolutely. Thanks for uh,
1: the chat. Have a good one, guys. Cheers.
0: What a wonderful conversation with Craig. It seems we truly missed out by not spending more time in Montreal during our visit to Mont-Tremblant to go snowboarding. We'll definitely be back. You can find all the links we talked about today and our one-page guide to Craig's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Montreal. We want to say thank you to Bluffworks for being an affiliate partner in today's episode. Bluffworks offers many styles that fit your needs so that way you can stay recoil free while traveling. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks and use the promo code Lee to save 10% off your order. Join us next time as we visit Chicago, Illinois, to speak with my new friend, Michael Sparrow, a certified financial educator. In this episode, Michael and I talk about eating pizza at Pequod's, ordering the carpet at Rickabaney's, and sampling local grates at The Taste of Chicago. Hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.